Hello out there and welcome to a new episode here at the Virtual Frontier, the podcast about virtual teams created by Virtual Team. In this episode, we welcome Astrid Schrader from the ARC training. This is actually our second conversation and I'm very delighted to have Astrid back on the show. Today, we are going to speak about how delayed decision-making can actually screw up your business. We find out what are the essential risks when we tend to delay decision-making, what can lead actually to a situation where we do not feel to have everything to make a wise and fast decision. And we also draw some strategies on how to overcome this paralysis of not taking decisions at the right time and with the required speed. For our international community, this is an English episode and you can find the transcript of this conversation now in more than 20 languages on our blog at Tabiscribe Public or watch the video with subtitles for this episode on our YouTube channel. So, without further ado, let's dive into the episode 39 of The Virtual Frontier. Enjoy the conversation. Hey Astrid, welcome to the Virtual Frontier again. <laughs> uh, this is our second round today. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't resist uh, to invite you again to our show. And um, I'm really happy that uh, yeah we got together today. Um, for the guests that um, probably don't know you, um, please introduce yourself uh, in a couple of words and uh, then we just start into our topic for today. Yeah, cool. Thanks for having me again. I obviously loved being here and love being here again. So I'm Astrid. Um, the main reason why I'm here is, I guess, because I'm the founder of The ARC, which is an international leadership network that supports yeah, purpose-driven individuals to really build something in their life that inspires themselves and others. But I'm also running a consulting firm that supports youth and social welfare uh, organizations in managing their finances better. Great. Um, we had you on episode 12 um, with an interesting topic uh, called, um, uh, where we're talking about uh, radically trans transparency in inside your, your company. Um, for the listeners that haven't uh, listened to that, uh, dive into it later. <laughs> later. Uh, today, um, we're going to dive into the topic, um, how to screw up your business with delayed decision making. Um, <laughs> we love, we love to, to take this, uh, kind of provocative, uh, um, topics. Uh, and, um, I would like to do that today again with you. And, um, just to get, uh, things a little bit started, um, how how did 2020 went for you what what you have <laughs> might learned in the last year um and how you adapted your own business yeah. um and, and what decisions you took made yeah so 2020 was both tough but also liberating for us so we are obviously event based so the main thing we're doing is we're organizing boot camps which are live events which in covid times that's not a great thing to do. <laughs> so, <Not really>. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we also have prided ourselves to be a community that doesn't just and only do online stuff. And yeah, this was, of course, the number one challenge that we ran into when COVID was hitting the planet. So for us, I feel when the first lockdown in Germany happens and we are based in Germany, so this was decisive for us. Um, 
I honestly had three days of complete ignorance and not getting out of the bed and just thinking the world is is going berserk. And I was literally depressed, I guess. <laughs> and on day four, I just got up, called the team together, and we were just sensing into, is okay, what are we going to do now? Is this going to is this going to be the whole new world? Because you remember maybe at the time, it wasn't so clear um, when this whole nightmare ever would end uh, or how it would end, if it's going to be just a couple of months. But that, well, actually, it was clear that was not going to be the case. Um, and how many years we'd have to reinvent, reinvent ourselves for. Long story short, we, we literally sat together and, and, and played this game with ourselves. What if <laughs> the worst case happens? So events are going to be done for two years. What does it mean for us? And um, yeah, we said, okay, this is literally a test to our community, how strong the community is. And yeah, we just went all out there. So sure, we went online and sure, we were, uh, yeah, basically launching new programs where online programs mainly that we had, had 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 a lot of resistance against. So I don't know about you, but we were part of this kind of crowd that was like, online courses really suck. <laughs> we hated them. Um, because I think we all are guilty of this moment of you know, signing up for online courses, but then only doing, completing the first module and then never signing back in, right? So we were literally sitting together and thinking super, super hard on how we would, we were going to make on, an online course, an online experience that would be as great as the events are. Because basically, if you know ARC, um, you will know that, yeah, the boot camps, the events we're running are super hyped. So we were trying to create something that is as great. And having to do that and, and not finding any other way around that was the biggest single transformative thing <laughs> to our company. <laughs> uh, yeah, and to, be, to make a long story super short, I think that's what happened. Can I ask you how, how long it took you in the process to take this decision and, 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 uh, and how long to initiate with this, with this new project or, or this new setting in, in, inside your company uh, when before everything was like offline in the boot camps and now you had to do it uh, in a different format. Yeah. Um, if I count the three days of meeting being depressed, <laughs> I would say it took four days. So um, it took four days. And I feel the single biggest determinant of this being so fast was that I, as a founder, had the capacity. Like I, I allowed this change to happen. So I was like, no matter what it is, hit it at us. Let's just have it hit, hit us and we will not have any resistance to change. Um, and I can say it this confidently because I know for the, the years before, I had so much resistance against that sort of change, although literally everybody in my network consulted us to go exactly that route. <laughs> so that was one thing. And then literally it happened just magically that two or three days after, one of my, one of our alumni and a great friend of mine who was the founder of a magazine called saying, Astrid, ARC is so great. Let's do an online course together. Let's just launch this. This was at nine o'clock. At 10 o'clock, we had the program ready. At 14 o'clock, we launched. So that just happened ridiculously fast. And now we are uh, entering the fifth cohort of that program. So it's been an amazing success story. <laughs> a crazy one, which I've never thought would happen, but. Definitely, Crazy but great. Definitely, yeah. Like, hallelujah, <laughs> I think is the is the uh, title for that thing to happen. 
happy to hear that. Happy to hear. That. When when we talk about decision making, um, in known territories, uh, we tend to take uh, and make decisions uh, quickly. Um, mm. But it's soon we enter like unknown territories, or just uh, as you mentioned from from your own uh, history last year, uh, we weren't really aware and, and mm. able to say where is it going and whatever it, yeah. uh, it happened uh, will happen. How or why why we tend to delay those decisions in in un, unknown and uncertain territories? Yeah, Do you I have an idea? yeah, I don't know about you, but I feel if we are not sure of what the outcome can be we struggle so much more because we are so attached to the outcome right i think that's the single biggest thing in our case we were already imagining how like the outcome we could possibly hope for um was like the tiny single tiniest single bit of success which already seemed great for us so we were pretty We're just like, whatever it is, it can impossibly worse than status quo. And I feel this is what liberated us. And it's such a fantastic learning for me personally, because I feel this is what spontaneity means uh, and being able to react without being triggered. Um, I've recently heard one of my big yoga teachers um, who coined this beautiful phrase, Mindfulness is the art of recognizing what is and not having to close your eyes towards certain realities. And maybe we, maybe you know this, but I think we all know this, that sometimes we are so scared of a certain reality to be true that we just can't listen to the feedback that the universe is actually giving us, right? Like imagine you're applying for a job and, and someone's giving you feedback, like you're, and the feedback is literally like, you're just not suitable for the role. It's just like the most devastating feedback because your education is just completely like the wrong direction. You, you're applying for a leadership role in management, but you've studied chemistry and you know, completely out. And, um, and because you want that role so much, you just refuse to listen to that p feedback. And it just, and it is as, as if it has never existed, right? That's an example. And maybe another area where this happens so much is like relationships, right? You know, when, when somebody says, you, I'm really not that into you, but you really don't want to, <laughs> like, there's no way. Your, your ego says, but I have so much to offer. <laughs> And no, <laughs> it's just not what it is. But you're refusing that reality because you're so triggered. And I feel this is what speeds, like what slows us down uh, when we are trying to take decisions. We are so attached to one particular outcome. Yeah, I, I I agree. Thinking, thinking, acting in, in scenarios would probably be much, much better and, and more efficient. Um, do you have an idea or could you uh, give us a, um, a background about the essential risks when we delay decision making <laughs> in general? Oh, my God. I am a, a big procrastinator. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Um, I feel like everybody is familiar with this, right? It's this moment when the email that you don't want to respond to is coming in and you are just not responding and it just builds up, right? So I think we all know this. It's, it's this one dentist appointment you're not going to, uh, the one thing in your tax declaration that you are just putting off until the very end. And yeah, oh, the one uh, uh, time slot that we are not using to um, review for our exams, <laughs> to do revision for our exams and then just be super stressed. 
yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like this is for me at least the biggest part that goes wrong. And then, yeah, stress just builds up, right? And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people responding now, hey, but I need a certain base level of stress that makes me productive. I mean, sure, that, that's the way of working. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if, 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 we should, if we should be needing that sort of base level of stress. I'm still debating with myself. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw a funny image a couple of weeks ago, which which I I can also tend to, and uh, was like a graphic that was I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. It's done. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I found this really funny um, because uh, this is like uh, uh, also playing into this role of the the procrastinator, and I can I can also relate to that. Um, as, as, as to some extent, yes, the stress level can help. Um, but um, if you overstretch it uh, with, in general with, yeah. with making those decisions, I think this can be really hurtful, right? Uh, even speaking in, in general about like the, the real cost for, for, for the economy if we don't take uh, the right decisions at the right time yeah. or uh, we just delay the decision at all. Um do you think uh, um, that the lack of, of self-confidence and, and missing like the auto authorization is, is like causing also this, mm. this uh, panic and fear and, and this stress in, inside uh, a, a lot of companies right now when they probably um, sit there and say, okay, we should um, adapt our business, we should transform our business mm. to the new uh, necessi necessity um how, how we can how we can encourage them to be better in making those decisions in, in uncertain times yeah that's such an interesting question because i feel now that you've mentioned it this is the core so especially founders living from a position of them having to know everything and being so driven by this fear of what if anyone finds out I don't have all the answers? What if my team finds out that I don't know shit about what's going to happen? <laughs> that I am hiring people for jobs I've never done. <laughs> and that I don't know the outcome. So I feel this, is, this can at times be a very lonely space. And um, what is self-confidence? I feel self-confidence is this deep persuasion of I am enough. And how do you build that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. There's a lot of uh, wannabe Instagram gurus that say they can teach you, but I feel like there's not a lot a lot of books you can seriously read and, and be more self-confident. I feel the only thing that can teach you is experience. Experience is what allows you to know. Um, and I feel the thing that has helped me is knowing what my, and I'm going to apologize for this very cheesy word, but knowing what my mission is. So knowing what I'm building and why am I doing it rather than promising people here are the stock options you're going to get when this is hitting valuation xyz 
and and rather saying, look, what we're creating here is a company that does X, Y, Z. And and here's the sort of there's a there's another there's another really cheesy word coming. <laughs> Here is the energetic field that we are building. So this is why people are attracted to us. Here's the here are the values that we are holding space for, and this is what I want to get up for every single morning. And this is why you are probably joining this tribe. <laughs> and 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 less of a we are going to be the biggest unicorn ever. And if you work with us, you're going to be part of the winning side. And winning means that we are making so much money and that we are getting like so many users and blah, 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 blah. And I'm feeling it's not only the safer route, but also and the more honest route, but also the more inspired route. I feel like if companies oper operate from that level, and I want to say, from that level of self-knowledge, um, you are attracting more interesting people. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Because I was asking it myself, a lot of, a lot of companies um, have those kind of missions and values and proposals like published in uh, yeah. some place and, and propagating them. Mm -hmm. But I feel often this is just like... Mm, <laughs> Some kind of propaganda oh, yeah. outsourced <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and making make visible. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm wondering if you put those kind of of um, labels out, mm. but they are not like really inside your company. What 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 yeah. is happening there? Yeah, I feel like I, I love that you bring up that point because I feel we all are so sick of company value statements and company mission statements and ethical workbooks <laughs> uh, because they're not very convincing. And I feel they're not convincing because they simply are a wish list rather than a depiction of reality. And I guess this is why employees are so fed up when another CEO comes again with another list of great things like, hey, we're so honest. We're so transparent. We have a feedback culture <laughs> and people people go yeah right <laughs> no so i feel this is we like to say this is an offense to everybody's intelligence you know you have to be ridiculously dumb in order to believe that and you have to be blind so i like to ask questions like based on what do people get promoted in your company right this gives you a way better indicator of what's really going on You know, why are people joining, but especially why are people staying in this company? And, and, and again, that gives you a more authentic image of the, of any mission statement. And I feel what I, what I really regret observing in, in a lot of startups, but also in, 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 in bigger organizations, but startups are obvious. <laughs> um, People, and this is, I think, through all hierarchies, forget how being an example is something that just happens every single second. So you're always an example, with, no matter where, whether you are just writing an email or whether you are in some meeting or whether you are on the panel debate. And um, it seems like a lot of us, and I'm, I'm, I'm guilty myself, you know, <laughs> uh, it seems like We, th we think we always have to be an example when we are on the panel debate. 
or when we are on the podcast. (laughs) But no, we are an example every single second. And, and yeah. And I feel when, when that's the position that we, we are working from, that we operate from, we might just think about what we are building and how we're building it a little bit differently. Right. Um, and how, how hard it is to be as perfect as you would love your company to be. So, uh, long story short, <laughs> I think, yeah, being an example is probably, we are not aware how much of an example we are all the time. And that's how, uh, we, we build the culture. And because the actual culture differs so much from this wish list of, paradises that we put out on our company value statements this is why people are going yeah forget about the mission statements it's a lot of bullshit and i would say 90 percent of the times i agree <laughs> any idea um how, how how in the practice way you could probably adjust it or or adapt it to something more realistic like if company already have uh, uh, published all the the different statements and all the bullshit yeah. um, <laughs> how, how they how they could make it uh, something real yeah like. yeah i feel um like some of the asks ours asks some of the questions that i yeah i just kind of came up with um and maybe start with another question like on a scale from zero to ten how close is how, how well is our mission statement describing what we're actually doing? Everybody, raise your hand. <laughs> and then, uh, and why? And what makes you put up the number that you have? If you have a 10, why are you saying it's a 10? If you have a 2, why is it a 2? What stories are in your brains? That would be one. Then again, based on what do people get promoted? Um, and what I also love is a question... Um, if these are our actual, yeah, and also based on what do people stay, based on what do people join, based on what do people stay. Um, and, and I love to ask as well, um, if these are the values that we have, or that we're actually having, what are the downsides to that? Let's be honest. And it's, it's, and just say like, what is, what is the other side of the coin? You know, if you, if you're a very successful company or like if, if you're, if you're, if your core value is success, we want to like win everything. What are the downsides to that? If you are saying, yeah, we are one team, one family, what are the downsides to that? And just list some of them and see what are the downsides we would love to have in our dream company? <laughs> you know, what, what kind of mistakes, what kind of problems in terms of culture would we love to deal with? <laughs> and, and then let's see where we end up. So these are the things I love to discuss with in an honest way. Or also based on what would people leave, based on what things would people leave the company there's always fluctuation and 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 understanding that we don't have to close our eyes to the seemingly ugly sides to this um i love by the way in case you've um i think i've quoted her on my last visit on your podcast as well patty mccord who is the former vp of people for netflix and uh not only has she the author of the pretty famous netflix culture deck which is a super interesting read but she also had this cool um book called powerful and uh, it's basically how to build an yeah she calls it radical candor uh radically candor organization 
uh, yeah, without being fluffy or uh, without taking the power away from the people. Um, and she coined this cool phrase uh, where she said, Netflix is a company that I would, that people would love to have worked at. And I think that is, this is a really cool way of thinking. Um, if you take things like fluctuation uh, and uh, people leaving in, and make that part of the equation. Just one element. I, yeah, I, I'm and, not sure it also, should be the same in the main, but yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, but but I, I agree with that, and even take it further that you should like always tend to to maintain a really good uh, relationship with the personal or the, the coworkers that have left already the company, right? Yeah. Um, because they are all they they're still like talking about you probably, and um, uh, there's still like some some kind of of testimonial how how you work inside yeah. the company. So if if a, a, a a person leaves the company, or you should probably take uh, into account to leave it uh, at a really uh, clean sheets oh, yeah. and everything in a in a good relation. So um, yeah, and in the end, they they might might come back uh, after a couple of years when they have developed their roles or whatever happens, yeah. right? Yeah, I feel like um, oftentimes people say the problem is trust. So when we talk about these mission statements, or yeah, making fast decision making, right? Uh, like the the initial point why we started this conversation um you know people want to trust so how do you create trust the one way by telling the truth right this is what creates trust and people don't trust you if they feel that you have an obvious hidden agenda if if maybe the truth you're trying to sell them isn't as true as you want them to think it is so this whole like, yeah, we're going to be fine. We have it all sorted out, right? Like I said, like CEOs think they have to know everything. Guess what? Your employees know you don't. And you're making yourself less credible if you're trying to tell them again and again that you do, right? So um, how do you create, create trust? Let's start telling the truth, number one. And, um, and I feel like in startups especially, there are telling the truth means that you have to break with a couple of important assumptions. One of the assumptions being, I'm going to work here forever, right? This is what so many people start working with. Like, I'm going to work here for a really long time. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, another assumption that I feel that a lot of startups should break with is if you work here, you're going to have the trigger-free work life that you have always dreamt of. Right? People think that their boss is responsible for their happiness, or at least they hope. <laughs> or they think that would be the way it should be. It's not. And in startups, it, this is happening even less so than in corporates. So I feel like if people want to have purposeful work, <laughs> startups is probably one of the worst ways to, <laughs> to, to try to reach that because people like it is, it is hard for an organization with almost no funds <laughs> and in ridiculously high growth targets to also care for the personal growth of their employees. And it's so oftentimes completely unrealistic to expect from burnt out 20 euros <laughs> to, to be the kind of a uh, great example in terms of leadership that you would expect from, I don't know, self-help gurus uh, that take $4,000 for one coaching session. Right. Uh, I just, the reality is just that it's oftentimes unrealistic. So, um, yeah, these are a couple of assumptions that I feel, if you want to be honest, you have to take a really critical look uh, at them and if that's what you can provide. 
Because if you look at the job advertisements that startups put oftentimes, like, yeah, we are this funky, great place and it's like happiness everywhere. And you just, yeah, get to drink great smoothies and hang out in beanbags, uh, which, yeah, we all know <laughs> can happen, but doesn't happen all the time by far. Yeah, works for a while, but it's, it's uh, <laughs> the core. Yeah. And you can be pretty messed up and angry while being in a beanbag. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you just mentioned before the, the a phrase uh, like fa fast decision making. Mm. Um, I want to come back a little bit yeah. to our topic from today. Um, often it appears uh, that this uh, maintaining the status quo um, is like something comfortable. Um, but it also present, it represents some kind of paralysis, mm. like in, in the, or can, can yeah. represent, uh, um, uh, paralysis in, in the organization or probably maybe just in your own workflow and your own behavior. Um, how can we overcome this, this attitude to feel too comfortable with the status quo? Mm. Yeah. Any strategies in, in, in place that you would like to share or can share? I feel like. Becoming really aware of what are the costs of not growing. And I'm speaking especially to those because I'm, I'm having the assumption that most of your listeners are people who love growth, who feel so alive when what they are doing is to hit boundaries and just overcoming them. I feel this is a personality trait of 90% of founders and startup geeks that I've, I've met in, in my career. So, um, Yeah, what are the costs of, of sitting in that comfortable space? And especially how great was it when you took that decision of let's just play, let's just be rash, let's let's take some risk, let's let's do something that I'm not sure if it's gonna work, <laughs> but I really feel like doing it. <laughs> so so that would be my number one advice my, my number one piece of advice. Um yeah. Any else? I would, I, I would, I would like you to, would to, like to more. get more. Are you still like feeling like sitting in your comfort zone is too comfortable? <laughs> yes. Okay. Hmm. What has moved you out of your comfort zone in the past? Well, I, I'm, I'm moved all, always by like, uh, um, dramatic events okay. you know yeah. like I, i then 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 i'm getting like really moving like for for example it's maybe not a real fit but mm -hmm. let's say when the pandemic hit yeah. uh, last year um and then it, the same that you had this feeling like three four days like depression what's going on uh, i try i try to go there in in in, in my uh, um in my whole back and see what what, what what is happening there and then then i just uh, charge the energy mm -hmm. for 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 getting back on track yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we can yeah. choose to wait for an external event, or um, or maybe just you know be our be the own trainer of our psychological adaptiveness, you know. So yeah, I'd have to think hard hard for general strategies rather than like what are the costs of staying, and what are the benefits of moving. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm sure there's more. <laughs> I, I I would let me think. Um, Um, I feel like maybe it's, this is more related to the point of the, the benefits. Um, one thing that I've noticed really, really brings people, people back to, to moving, but it's, it's more like increasing the benefit side of, of moving. 
And that is, uh, why have you initially started the whole thing? And and what is it that you're trying to be an inspiration for? And it's definitely already more on the let's say self-aware side of, of thinking, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, but I feel this is, um, yeah, this is this is this is this is a powerful thought to me. Um, yeah, I, I don't know about you, obviously, but but it's, at least in my experience, I am alive when I'm feeling like I'm actually going somewhere, like I'm hitting some stuff, like I am, you know, growing. Like I feel my body. I feel, I, I you know, I'm in, I'm in I'm in contact with my surroundings, with what's happening, and I get to solve problems rather than um, having a solution that works and becoming the micromanager of small processes, right? Because you're at some, and this is, you know, when founders also are oftentimes less successful, right? When your company has hit, has hit a plateau and you need a manager rather than a hustler. So uh, for the hustlers, I would say definitely the feeling of staying alive. This is what you get when you're reinventing yourself, when you're listening to What's the feedback we are getting from our customers, from from our employees, from our investors that we are really not wanting to hear? <laughs> and <laughs> and where are these tough places? Where are these hard places that nobody wants to touch? And that is oftentimes where there is so much growth. So and and growth is what makes us feel alive. So yeah, that would be maybe a bit of a repetition. So you see how I'm really going in circles. So yeah. It's, I'm still, I can't get off, out of my own skin. I'm, I'm learning right now. <laughs> After all, I'm still me. <laughs> I love them. Um, taking decisions is one thing. Um, probably taking them fast enough is another yeah. thing. Uh, but then there's a short component that you should uh, always uh, uh, have in mind is to taking the, the right decisions. Yeah. Um, because uh, it happens often that uh, we probably think about taking the decision but um how, how do we know if it's the right decision um, especially especially if if we are if we're in an uncertain or, or unknown yeah. territory or how, how can we get more clarity about that probably um, like, question yeah yeah i wish i had this question hacked because th then we would both be very rich alone from this podcast episode um i don't know the only uh good indicator i have would i regret this decision if even if it goes wrong so that's that's the, the the thing I'm trying to ask myself. Would I regret it even if it goes wrong? I think what what are what are the worst things that can happen, and what like in terms also how many euros or dollars or whatever is it going to cost me, and and then what's the probability of this happening? <laughs> so that's on the oops side. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and if I still say, yeah, it might happen, and I'm still gonna do it, um, yeah, then it's done. So. That, that's the only indicator I have. Mm -hmm. It's a nice one. The, when we when we think about like taking decisions, and I I am having there like this German background um, uh, also in, in there 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 a lot of there, there a lot of people or, or in in general the, the the society is like scared scared of failure yeah. right and yes. and that's that's why that's why we that's why we like tend to not making a decision or yeah. a delayed decision yeah. and think maybe uh, over and over about before we do something yeah. in real um and i i think in our warm up talk you uh, mentioned Andy Goldstein uh, i think yes. he's a, he's a, a Andy Goldstein, of you, or yes. I, I, 
<laughs> and and I and I love this guy. Like yes. uh, it's just like really really cool. But uh, maybe you can you can give a little bit more insight as you know him. Yeah. For And I just had this little moment where I think I should add something. So uh, I'm happily uh, regurgitating <laughs> the one message that yeah. I think you have in mind when you're talking about Andy Goldstein. But there's two points. One uh, and, and one uh, one touches uh, touches the importance of fear and how we deal with fear. So I have taken years to understand that fear is a pretty great thing. So fear is trying to warn us of things that might go wrong, right? So um, it took me years, but I figured out for myself that really what fear is trying to do to us is to ask us, what do I have to pay attention to? And this is my very, very sincere belief. So one way we hack this in team meetings is we ask, okay, so this is the decision. Now, who is scared? <laughs> and please raise your hand, let your fear talk, and tell us what we are missing. And this has had, this is a really cool experiment. And it has a couple of consequences. One, you get to learn a lot of details that you have missed. <laughs> like, oh, that's actually true. Two, the classic doubt people, like people who cast doubt on everything, people who are like the, the spoilers of the party, <laughs> they are being heard. And it does a whole big new thing to your team dynamics. They feel like they're hard. And and, and then suddenly they uh, they experience their doubts and their fear as something that can be useful. And number one, this has the consequence that their fear usually goes down. <laughs> and number two, uh, yeah, they, they, I feel like this is a great way to, to to include people who are who are casting doubt on things. So this is about the role of fear. So include fear into the process rather than trying to overcome it, block it out, ignore it if that makes any sense, right? And number two is this, this thing about um, Gold, Andy Goldstein. And, and um, there's a great video, um, something around fear of failure or dealing with failure somewhere on the internet it is. And, and I've watched this video dozens of times before I became an entrepreneur because I was scared of failure, like a lot. I still am. <laughs> I still am. But my, note of, my, my, my notion of failure has drastically changed. And He has coined this phrase that has accompanied me for many years and still does. And he's like, here's the thing, failure is going to come. And it, there's zero sense in, in worrying about failure because failure is <laughs> going to come. And he says, failure is going to sit on your lap and it's going to say, hello, <laughs> I'm failure. <laughs> and, and, and the question is not when that's going to happen. <laughs> the question is, who are you choosing to be when this happens? And so... What values are you going to follow? Are you going to do like I did, like sit in the bed and cry for three days? <laughs> or, or are you going to uh, stand up? Or are you going to, what is going to be, what is the response to that sort of situation that is inspiring to yourself and to your team and to the people who you're serving? So this is a question that is way more interesting and inspiring to ponder about than When could failure happen and how can I possibly not have to be uh, faced with it? <laughs> yeah. And there's the third um, statement that I think we've all heard, and that is, if you never fail, the risk you've taken wasn't big enough. So, yeah, that's another one that really kicked my butt in my early days. 
However, I feel this is the, still like really in the DNA of, of yeah, all of us, right? A lot this, of us. This, uh, this, <laughs> yeah, all, all, all of us. Uh, um, yeah, that we that we hate failure. I think yeah. this is especially something more German. Yeah. Um, um, but even even globally, but yeah. uh, no, nobody really likes likes failure. But uh, yeah, as we could learn from any 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 anybody has has confront failure or, or we confronting failure all the time. Yeah, uh, we just not like anticipating in 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 advance, right? Yeah, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I hate failure so much that my biggest fear these days isn't failure anymore; it's exhaustion. So I have exhausted myself to incredible ends in order to not fail. And this was me uh, dragging myself into burnout, you know? So, um, and wow, if you think about it, this is the worst kind of failure at all. If the machine stops running, that's when everything ends. So, um, yeah. But I, I, yeah. So, so, yeah, I'm totally scared of failure, but I feel like, I'm even more scared of exhaustion because for me, that's been the more dangerous route to go down. And I feel like this could also be quite yeah, a German thing. <laughs> Just rather exhaust yourself completely well, than fail once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I I I I would I wouldn't be sure if this is just German, but yeah, uh, um, like the the the, te the tendency to burn out to to burn out in in the last year has increased like incredibly. Mm. Uh, and 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 we should all be somehow more self-aware how how the body is is reacting on that and and how we could probably reduce that and and as um another friend of mine Hamza Khan is telling uh, not burn out burn bright burn bright uh, nice uh, uh, and, and, and burn on <laughs> yeah burn, burn the right way and, and not yeah. out uh, wow. but we're gonna talk about it in another podcast that's a cool <laughs> probably but it's a cool yeah. word game <laughs> nice nugget <laughs> Astrid um, as we're coming slowly to an end for, for this podcast um How could uh, people get in contact with you? Uh, what 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 you're probably uh, um, doing right now in in your activities uh, on the art? Um, so um, yeah, anyone that is interested uh, in in moving things forward and get things rolling yeah. uh, could probably um, get in contact with you guys. Yeah, we're super easy. To, so thanks for for noticing. Uh, for, yeah, for noting that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Arc is. As I said, like this community that uh, supports purpose-driven individuals to really build something cool. And we're organizing boot camps. We're organizing nowadays <laughs> online programs that are really great. And the way to find us is uh, on the web. Uh, our current uh, address is thearctraining.org. Um, and I'm just saying this because it might change in the future. We are redoing our internet presence. But we're totally there on Facebook. Uh, we're there on Instagram. We have a YouTube channel. Um, and maybe one of the most exciting things we're running these days are free online masterminds. So you have to imagine them as free Zoom workshops. So you can sign up for them. You attend. We have a 15-minute TEDx-style input on any cool topic, like how to find a purposeful career in 15 minutes, <laughs> or yeah, how to deal with conflicts, how to uh, yeah run your team remotely without this being a complete pain in the <clears throat> uh, butt <laughs> for everybody. Uh, and then we put each other in breakout rooms where there's actual co-coaching happening. So the idea of these online masterminds is to actually have results by the end of the workshops 
rather than just having listened to uh, some guru on the internet somewhere and uh, um, have a lot of Instagram quotes and funky workbook graphics. <laughs> no, that's that's not the point. Um, and it's really cool. So you can just sign up. Um, currently, it's um, thearc.site slash online mastermind sign up. And yeah, these are the most common addresses to to get in touch um but yeah there's one more and that is if you want to get started for real we have we interview everybody who wants to join arc uh, because we want to be very ethical and very um yeah make sure that arc is really ridiculously great value for people so what we do is a uh, sort of yeah we call them coffee chats and these are free coachings uh, provided by our teams where we we basically are on the phone with us and we talk about what do you really want? What's holding you back? And whether the ARC can really support you? And if that's possible, how would that look like? And you can sign up for one of these uh, strategy calls on thearc.site slash coffee chat. So these are all the <laughs> all the uh, confusing ways of how you can get in touch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Website, social media, coffee chats, and online masterminds. And of course, we're going to link this all in the show Yay! notes below. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's less confusing for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a lot these um, days. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you very much, Astrid, uh, for, for joining us yeah. today. Um, we got some some great insights and um, I hope we can do this uh, soon again. I would love it. And uh, bam, I'm obviously a fan of you guys. So see you soon. <laughs> see you soon. Thank you. Bye. This was an amazing conversation. I'm immensely glad that I could have this discussion with Astrid and get some insights on how to be more decisive when it comes to decision making and also be more realistic and honest in the process. If you haven't already, check out also the first conversation I had with Astrid on episode 12 on the virtual frontier about radical honesty and transparency. Before you leave, hit the subscribe button, give us a thumb up or share it around with your friends and colleagues. Sign up for the free business builder training on fleshup.io and learn more about how to scale with your business at any time, working with global top talents and make work better. On behalf of the team here at The Virtual Frontier, I want to thank you for listening. So until the next episode, keep exploring new frontiers. 